gets it to first. The Browns are world champions. The Rams were built to win the Super Bowl, and they have sealed the deal. The Golden State Warriors return to a familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They reach the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Episode 161 of For Future Considerations. You thought we were done at 160. Well, no, we're just getting started. Manny here, Matt and John are also here. Fellas, how you doing? I knew there'd be some suckers out there that would have taken the under at 160 and a half. I knew it. I knew it. Zach. <laughs> He's losing money every day. Every day. John's making money every day. John. How you doing, John? Good, good. This is why we keep the show going. It's just to keep Zach losing money, right? Yeah. John producing the show today while also working three other full-time jobs. It's it's pretty it's pretty impressive. What's what's going on up there? That's why he's making all this money. It is. I know it's been a couple of days. Hopefully you guys have put the Halloween decorations away. John, how is Halloween on your end? Oh, my God. We had a record. We had 82 kids at our place. Whoa. That's really good for you guys. That's amazing. Yeah. I was worried because when I went out to finally buy candy, like I do at the last possible second, all that was left was um, Starburst and uh, Fruit by the Foot and those kinds of things. And then uh, so I bought... um, I think a hundred, like two ninety five packages of those, and then I finally saw some chocolate bars, and I was like, okay, well, I got to buy another ninety five of those. And Jill, I got home, and Jill was like, what the hell are we gonna do with all this candy? And uh, we're down to almost the end of it. We got see, wow, yeah. Did you throw it back in her face? See, I told you yeah. so. Uh-huh. Uh huh. She was actually giving me credit for it. Ah. Amazing. It's the first As you're putting the candy in the kid's bag. Well, it's a good thing I got extras because you wouldn't have had any, young boy. <laughs> oh, I love your costume. I'm glad I'm able to give you something. You don't leave the Rashad house empty handed, Jill, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm but, not giving you a can of tomato paste like I did last yeah. time. Right? <laughs> so, so, Let me get my wife to cook you up a turkey. So, what? tricks did you do to pull in that many kids um actually just being on a corner <laughs> like oh, no not down uh, in a yeah. corner but our house is on a corner yeah <laughs> you were so let's clarify you weren't the one on the corner right when right. we say you're making more money than anyone else it's not because you're you're on the corner it's because right. the house is on the corner handing out unwrapped foot foot by the fruit by the foot <laughs> or joking about something else, fruit by the foot. <laughs> How was your Halloween? Ours was good. Uh, the kids had a good time. Went out with them uh, one lap, and then uh, they went out a second time. And Crosby was about four houses in when he started complaining the bag was too heavy. And uh, he's got <laughs> rotator cuff uh, surgery in a couple of months, and he'll be right back at it. But uh, but no, they they did very well. They uh, and they were very kind. The uh, uh, they were generous enough to give me a few twixes and nice. a few snickers and nice. uh, and then i i stole a good amount afterwards so uh yeah no it was it was pretty productive my girls yeah. had a good time sophie filled up one bag came home dropped it off Beautiful. went out again with the second bag good 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 she was good and uh i think uh we had the same amount of kids in our neighborhood than rashad did up okay. in markdale huh so windsor markdale 
the comparison there. Interesting. The problem is, though, I bought double the candy because for every kid that got something from me, I had to eat one, too. Of course. One for yeah. you, one for me. It's only fair. One for you, one for me. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, tell me a different rule. <laughs> yeah. I've lived off that for 40 years now. That's exactly <laughs> it. And if that wasn't scary enough, I went to Detroit on Sunday and watched the Lions Whoa. blow a 14-0 lead to the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins that's, won again. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> I love when you go to a football game when you're from Windsor and your social media says, go Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> and he's logging in at Ford Field. <laughs> <laughs> That's unbelievable. Well, last week's debate was amazing. So many positive comments from the show last week uh, from a lot of different people all across North America. Steve, Joel, Kevin, Dave, Curtis, Clayton, and Denis. Thank you for listening, everyone. We appreciate the support. Curtis actually threatened me, so take him off the list. <laughs> We're not going to thank him? No, no. We'll talk okay. about him later. Oh, sounds good. Wow. So we have people in Canada, the U.S., Mexico, and North America. Wow, that's amazing. I'm not, I'm not great at geography. <laughs> all, all over the place. I think Spain is in there somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do our best to top last week's episode. Right, guys? We're going to try. Yep. <laughs> The Broncos were holding out for a first-round pick and more to deal Bradley Chubb, and that is exactly what they got from the Miami Dolphins, who decided they don't really need any picks. All they want is really, really good players. They got a ton of really good players. It was a busy day on the NFL Network on Tuesday, as a record 10 trades were made on November 1st in the National Football League, including... Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins. The Canadian, Chase Claypool, was traded to Chicago. The Lions traded TJ Hawkinson to their division rivals, the Minnesota Vikings. And Calvin Ridley, who is suspended, was traded from Atlanta, Jacksonville. Guys, what do you think of all these moves, and who are your winners? Oh, I love the Calvin Ridley deal because because of the irony. He was suspended for betting on a Falcons game against Jacksonville. So he gets <laughs> traded to Jacksonville. Uh, uh, the best move of the day involves pass rushers. Miami gave up a lot to get Bradley Chubb, yeah. but this is a move to try to compete with the Buffalo Bills in their division mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs. We've seen how Vaughn Miller has really improved Buffalo's defense by providing pressure on the quarterback. Miami wants to do the same by getting an elite pass rusher in Bradley Chubb. Sure, they had to give up a first-rounder, but I think that's the price that you have to pay to get a quality player. I like the Philadelphia Eagles moves at the end of last week. They got Robert Quinn, Uh another pass rusher from Chicago. Perfect season. Yeah, it's going to put it on the line again. And uh, I think that's a great move. Uh, Pass rushers are huge because – you can cycle through where an offensive lineman, they're playing the entire game. Yep. If you've got fresh defensive linemen that can come in and rotate that are still fresh in the third and fourth quarter, they can wreak havoc. So I like the move by the Eagles. I like the move by the Dolphins. You know, if we're not going for the November 1st, I think the win of the trade deadline is still Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco. And we saw what he did on the weekend. Yeah, he threw it for a touchdown, caught a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, pulled a fan out of the crowd, gave him a touchdown. (laughs) It it, it was unbelievable what the the guy did. And and I I think he only played the first half. So 
he, I think that's that's the win. You know, I don't think TJ Hawkinson is anything necessarily that's that's threatening in in like a okay now Minnesota is in the next level of, of players. But he's a former eighth overall pick. He seemed to have finally be getting some footing and was finally a weapon in Detroit, and that's where this deal ends up coming from. They're sending back second and third round picks. There's a fourth pick in the deal, so obviously it's all future stuff. It's all draft picks, so you never know the Lions are going to boot those picks anyways. But now you've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins, who's had a bit of a a rejuvenation year, and and TJ Hawkinson in a division that I don't think many people thought Minnesota was going to win. Now they become the clear favorites. So I like that one for for the Vikings, too. See, I don't mind it for the Lions because you're not going anywhere. This season has turned into a bust when you thought there would be a significant win total. For sure. Uh, increase. Um, but what they are doing by getting the second and third rounder in return for that deal is they now have four picks in the first two rounds of next year's draft, yep. which is supposed to be prime with talent, including quarterbacks. Ah. So now you've got four picks in the next two rounds. Not only can you get your future quarterback, yeah, but now you can get other weapons, and they still have Jamison Williams, who has yet to play a game. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is a smart move, even though you're rebuilding yet again, Lions fans, and you're probably sick and tired of rebuilding. But I think this is a smart move with a big draft coming up. And and for the the picks that you're getting, and you end up getting three picks out of the deal, I think is what what it ended up being. So, I mean, yeah, T.J. Hawkinson is not going to win a game for you if there's value somebody else has as value for it i mean he's not going to turn your season from from five wins to to eight nine ten eleven so deal him take it see what you can do with the the picks and we'll see what happens again and now let's talk some basketball canadian icon steve nash is no longer the coach of the brooklyn nets he and the nets have mutually agreed to part ways guys is this a case of it's easier getting rid of a coach than the players mutually mutually yes as in quotation I, marks i agree quotation that marks. i will take my stuff and go yes instead of you packing it for me and throwing it down the, the garbage chute yes look this isn't even I, I think this is even more than a case of just getting rid of a coach instead of a players he was a bad coach he had literally no coaching experience when he got hired to be the head coach in the first place and he got hired because Kevin Durant liked him and chose him to be their coach. Like this is again, and we talked about Kevin Durant before. This is just another thing on Kevin Durant of like guy, like this was your guy. This was the guy who you handpicked because you are our franchise player to be our head coach. This guy, he's never coached before. Okay. Throw him out there and just you know, I, I think this is very comparable in a sense to Gretzky coaching hockey. Like Steve right. Nash, there's no Steve Nashes on this Brooklyn Nets team. There's there's nobody even remotely close to what Steve Nash was as a player. And that's not a takeaway of Steve Nash. That's putting him much higher than than the caliber of guys that are around. You just can't translate it. You just can't coach it. And you're coming into a very volatile situation where you're not even actually getting a chance to get your feet wet. You're hired to win a championship and you've never coached. And you've got four guys or three guys or whatever that are just head cases. Like this was this was never, ever going to work out. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for Steve Nash to, to find another gig or, or what he decides to do with it. 
It's funny that you said Wayne Gretzky because I literally have a note here that says <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. It's got to be frustrating when you're one of the best players who's ever played the game and there's nobody anywhere near your caliber. It's like when we play sports together and I'm like, guys, come on, come on. You got to remember the catch. We remember the catch. That's right. The amazing highlight from Chicago circa what year was that? Oh, geez. 1997. <laughs> Listen, they have talent, but it's all offensive talent. This team can't play defense. They're they're giving up an average of 120 points a game. Like, Seems like a lot to me. <laughs> how, how many games are you going to win if the other team scores 120 every single basketball game? Yeah. But I don't think that's all Steve Nash's fault. And that's why I think it's easier to get rid of the coach than it is to get rid of some players. And you've got assistant coaches who should be teaching you defensive systems as well. This points to how dysfunctional the Brooklyn Nets are. For sure. And I agree with your point. They hired a guy who had no coaching experience because he was handpicked by KD, and it backfired on them. But you've got KD who wanted to leave and decided not Mm -hmm. to leave. You got James Harden who wanted to leave, and he went for Ben Simmons, who can't hit a shot. His mm-hmm. life depended on it. Kyrie Irving last year only played half the games. Mm-hmm. He's playing again, but now he's tweeting about anti-Semitic movies. <laughs> like, And now they're looking to hire the Celtics coach who got suspended by yeah. the franchise for inappropriate relationships. They're talking about hiring M.A. Udoku. Yep. So the dysfunction is going to continue. If anything, I think it's great that Steve Nash is out of there. Get out of there because that franchise is a whole lot of mess. They're the Vancouver Canucks of the NBA, <laughs> oh, if, I, wow. if I could say that. Too soon. Really, though? Is it really too soon? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's, it's too late, really. It's <laughs> Speaking of coaches, we received some questions from some very disgruntled Maple Leaf fans. Oh, <laughs> There are some. <laughs> oh, I haven't. I haven't read the headlines this week. They're not no. playing in the parade route anymore. How'd they do against Anaheim? They're lighting jerseys on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I picked uh, this one out from Roy in London. Who wonders if Sheldon Keefe and Kyle Dubas are a package deal? If the Leafs keep losing, do you fire both of them? One of the great personal protest moves of the 21st century is the guy who lights the jersey he paid $250 right? for just on fire. And the one guy said, "My, it was a Marner jersey, yep. and, he, and he posted, the next one is my Matthews jersey. Yeah. So 200 bucks down the drain is not good enough for you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to blow another 200 bucks. Yeah, I'd be pretty ashamed to wear an Austin Matthews jersey around town. <laughs> I want to see the reaction of his wife who paid for the jersey for Christmas for him. Right. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. What was the question again from Roy? (laughs) Do you fire (laughs) Sheldon Keith and Kyle Dubas as a package deal if the Leafs keep losing? If the Leafs keep losing, you have to fire them both. Ooh. how, How can you justify keeping the GM around to fire and hire another coach? Hey. When he's on the last year of his deal, you can't because he probably won't be around next year. And what are you going to do? Fire the coach again? Because you're going to hire a new GM and he's going to want his own guy. Yeah. Yeah. So if the Leafs continue to struggle, 
I got to think you're firing both guys at the same time, and Brendan Shanahan's going to be the interim GM and hire Barry Trotz. Spooky. What about this thought, though? What about a GM wanting the coach to remain so he's got a bullet in the chamber so that he's got, if he gets off to a bad start, he can get rid of somebody to look like he's doing something at the beginning of next So if you're, who's going to take the coaching job then? Yeah, true. Like, uh, yeah, I'm going to want a three-year deal if I'm going to coach the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that way, if I get canned right away, you're still going to pay me for two years to sit at home and drink G2 vodka. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, so what do you what's, think? What's struggling for you, though? Like, they're, the, the time we record this, they're 4-4-2. Four, four and two. Yeah, they're 500. They're played tonight against Philly. Okay. Yeah. Like, 500. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah, but they've lost four in a row. So is Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's four at five hundred. They've lost four in a row too. Yeah, Mike Sullivan's not going anywhere because it's Toronto. <laughs> like they could go seven and three in their next ten, and they'll be planning the Stanley Cup parade route of again. Of course, but the the leaps are falling. Oh, <laughs> oh I like what you did there. Pun intended. I like what you did there. Right? I like what you did there. So the world is falling apart for all these people. Uh-huh. I I just don't see how they fire Keith without firing Dubas. Well, I mean, it's I think just like you said, it's it's way too early for any of this. Look, right. the Leafs have 10 points on the season at the time that we record this. The division leader Boston is off to an incredible start. They got 16. Buffalo is in second place. They got 12 points. So you're you're a good weekend from sitting second place in the division. Let's all just take it easy. But you're two points out of the basement too. Auto, you're only two points ahead of Ottawa. It's for last in the division. It's Ottawa. They're not even going to be in Ottawa for the, <laughs> by the time the, they fire Keith and Dubas. This is this is one move and one move only, and it's gonna it's gonna look a little strange. Stay with me here. Because this is <laughs> unprecedented in, in hockey, I just want I just want the drama. Okay, I just want the we drama. We love drama on the podcast. Brandon Shanahan is the one that goes because this is his whole idea. This whole thing is his. He picked the kid instead of Mark Hunter. The kid's taken his buddy Sheldon Keith from Sault Ste. Marie. They got rid of the one head coach who is actually realistic with this group of players now looking back in Mike Babcock. The things that Mike Babcock said about this group, people didn't like it, is 100% accurate. This all falls for me way beyond Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe. This is Brendan. Shan- How long has Brendan Shanahan been here? And what have you done, Brendan Shanahan? Because I know a guy who played around the same time as you and has kind of climbed the ladder and stuff like that, and he just won a Stanley Cup in Colorado. What have you, Brendan Shanahan, done to put this team in a better spot? I would argue not much of anything. So I think this is beyond Sheldon Keefe. I think this is beyond Kyle Dubas. And now is the time to do it. Dubas has the one year, like you said. Keefe's going to be gone, I think, as it is anyways, unless they win the Stanley Cup. But to me, this is, again, a, a massive, from the top, clean house. If this, like, and that to me is not, you lose in the first round again. Like, you can't make the playoffs. 
you don't make the playoffs, then everything's got to go. You get into the second round, then yeah, you're going to chop off Keefe. You're going to chop off Dubas. But to me, the one that's got the hottest seat of all in there is Brandon Shanahan. See, he's been with the Leafs since April 2014. So okay. eight years. Okay. Okay. Um, and remember, they tanked one year to get Austin Matthews, right? right? So um, they were bad to get Austin Matthews, but that was the game plan, so to speak. Exactly. To try to revive this organization right. and it has backfired. I don't disagree with you that Shanahan's head is on the chopping block as well. I just don't see it him being the first one. Like I fair. Uh, like I think if they struggle this year, he may lose his job at the end of the year. But the suits who know nothing about hockey mm-hmm. still need somebody to run the organization and that's why I think Dubas and Keith may go before Shanahan, but Shanahan better be worried and always looking behind his shoulder because he's going to be the next one. I think this is going to be like the only thing we're missing here in, in Toronto for the, the rest of the season is Jeff Probst. Because I think this is going to be <laughs> one person at a time. You are the last survivor and out the door. I think by the end of the year, all three are gone. This is incredible. You know, guys, I got to be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. And now it's time for our play of the week, and the winner is from the NHL. Kane to Athanasiu. Andreas Athanasiu. Scores! Andreas Athanasiu goes inside, outside, and scores a beautiful goal against the Minnesota Wild, and it's our play of the week with 46% of the votes in our Twitter poll. Did you guys vote for that? I didn't. No. What was the one I voted for? Did you vote for Halibut save Castellanos no. catch? Oh, it was Castellano. Ah, that was a good play. That's a good. Yeah. <laughs> what about ninth the inning f- of the World's uh, of the National League Championship Series? Come on, let's let's yeah. be real. You, you play for I the Chicago. For. You play for the Chicago Blackhawks, okay? <laughs> the fake field goal. Yes, the fake field goal was good too. The the one thing I the the thing that almost plays against that play for me is that was so easy. <laughs> It was so easy. But it was you just got in. You had it. Yeah, that guy's still running. He still hasn't been touched. He went down the tunnel. He went to the concession stand. He came back. There's still nobody touched him. That was just a great play. The the offensive line just sort of blocked everybody to the one side, and it was like they parted the red sea for like the, the kicker. And he's the smallest guy on the field. Literally. He, he didn't even have pads on. He was out there in sweatpants and flip-flops. The Castellano catch was really good because yeah. if he doesn't make that catch, Houston wins game one. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It's a huge play. How many Detroit Tigers <laughs> in, the, in the last 14 years are going to win rings with other teams? Uh, yeah. If you look yeah. at that 2006 lineup, Every starting pitcher now has one. Sanchez. Castellanos could get one this year. Yeah, yeah. The list goes: Verlander, Everybody. Sanchez, Everybody. Scherzer, uh, Porcello. Yep. Uh, who's the other one I'm missing? Sanchez, right? I said yep. Sanchez, Sanchez, Porcello, Verlander, yep. Scherzer. Yep. Who's the fifth one? I'm sure there was another one. <laughs> <laughs> did Fister win a World Series? Oh no, you know what? He never did. Doug Fister never won a World Series. Okay. Miguel Cabrera didn't either. No, of course he didn't. <laughs> Our play of the week is brought to you by London Awnings. 
quality that shows. And remember to vote on next week's poll. We will post the options on Monday. You will have all the time in the world to view them all, break them down like we do about the fake field goals and the kicker and all that stuff. And then, you, But you got to make sure you vote. You got to click on one. And then we'll find out on the next episode uh, who's the winner. Podcast FFC is where it all goes down. Now let's talk some baseball as the World Series continues this week after the Phillies and Astros split their first two games in Houston. Guys, what do you think of the series so far? Well, my Philadelphia Phillies did all they had to do there and win one in Houston. Nice performance uh, in Houston, mind you, the way they come back and, and win that game. Uh, Houston has to win game two, obviously. They go to to crazy Philadelphia for, for game three and onwards. It's the city of champions. The, the <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies and the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do it in the same year. Uh, they're, they're in a good spot. The Phillies look all right so far. Get this on Thursday night. There will be game five between the Phillies and the Astros. Okay. It's also Eagles versus Texans. Ugh. It's Philly against Houston in baseball. Philly against Houston in the NFL. Oh, for the first time beautiful. in decades. Is it uh, both in Phil uh, in both in Philadelphia? I believe the football games in Houston. Oh, that's too bad. That would be just shit. Trying to get it. <laughs> yeah, that would be mayhem. Imagine that. You'd just be calling in Friday. It wouldn't be because you're you're hungover from the game and say, I haven't left the parking lot yet. <laughs> the traffic. Don't they share a parking lot there? Yes. Or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Although everybody in Houston's not going to be watching the Texans. They're going to be watching the baseball game. <laughs> I want to see. I want to see the and, – and Rashad, you'd know how to do this because one of the jobs that you have is at ESPN as the director of content. <laughs> For the the television, uh, the streaming service, I want to know what the percentage of TVs tuned in in Philadelphia are to the baseball game and the football game. And I want to know if there's more than 2% of the people in Houston (laughs) watching TV that are watching the Texans game instead of the Astros game. Oh, that's hilarious. I feel like we'll be able to find that out somewhere. Someone's going to write an article. Somebody's got to have it. Somebody's got to have it. Like I think this I think the games have been fantastic. Yeah. Like, you know, Houston jumps out to that five nothing lead and you think they're fine with Justin Verlander on the mound. Mm-hmm. And then, exactly. And then he blows it. Yeah. Castellanos makes a great catch to send it to extras, and there's drama. Mm-hmm. Houston responds with a really good game, too. They have to. And the atmosphere in Philadelphia is amazing. Bryce Harper leads off the game with a home run in game three. Bottom of the first. Like He's having a tremendous playoff, and just seeing that place go bananas, like you really, you really have to love the drama in the series, and I'm here for it. I think it's fantastic. This is this is a ball game, like the the stadium, the crowd, all this stuff. Like it's it's a raucous atmosphere in the games in Philadelphia. It it really is impressive how that team has uh, has rallied around their guys, and and I think it's very funny. Um, that in, and I'd heard a podcast or a snippet of a podcast a couple weeks ago of Joe Girardi. Like, remember, Joe Girardi yeah. was the manager of this team and in theory gets a ring <laughs> from this team. He won't get one. No. He won't get one. <laughs> but, you know, his conversation, the conversation he had in the pod was basically like May, their schedule was terrible. They were playing a bunch of guys 
bunch of really tough teams. They had some injuries and all that, and, and everybody decided to make a change. And I don't necessarily think this is something that swung in June either. I think this is the perfect example of just a team that hits their stride right at the right time. Like we always yeah. seem to find yeah. one of those Especially teams in that, baseball, that does right? that. And yeah, it just it just so happens. I just think it's great. Like in Philly, it's a great sports city. So yeah. watching the fans go bananas in Philly's amazing. City of champions. Are you ready? And now it's time for Rapid Fire, and we have a lot of listener questions to get to. Phil Kessel is the new NHL Ironman at 992 consecutive games. Bill Cardin wants to know if we think that record will ever be broken. No. You don't think anybody's getting to a thousand straight games? No, because Phil is still playing, so who knows where that number will end yeah. up. And I checked. Brent Burns is the next closest active player. Okay. 687 games. Ooh. Brent Burns isn't 25 either. Exactly. Yeah. Your boy Henrik Sedin stopped at 679. Yeah. So Burns yeah, He was a baby him. anyways. <laughs> Wow. Uh, So maybe there will be several years down the road. I don't see it. I think think the days of of the Ironman streak are are passing us by because, A, the game's faster. The Mm -hmm. players are stronger. Mm -hmm. uh, And the opportunity for injury is greater. Uh, I just don't think we'll see it. No, I I I agree. Uh, I think that's you know, a thousand consecutive games in in literally anything is is Amazing. unbelievable, unbelievable. And and the most unbelievable part, I think that that deservingly so of the Ironman is that it's Phil freaking Kessel, right? <laughs> who mm-hmm. who does it? A guy who ate hot dogs out of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mid game, mid <laughs> mid game. Like his name will always be around now because of the Iron Man streak. Phil Phil Kessel is is one of those guys forever that will get referenced and deservingly so for what. Like if you were to blind box his career and here's how many games he played, points, you know, Stanley Cups, awards, all that stuff, you think oh, it's pretty. Good pretty good player and then if you showed them a picture of phil kessel <laughs> you would not coordinate or would not coordinate or connect the two i wouldn't think and that's one of the that's what makes phil kessel a gem <laughs> it's funny how a thousand games played total in the nhl was one of those mythical milestones for and sure he's played a thousand in a row yeah it's unbelievable Speaking of hockey, we posted this video to social media. The makeshift dressing room for the visiting team at the Mullet Arena for the first four games against the Arizona Coyotes. Chris wants to know what we think about that. Yeah, Chris in Guelph asked us the question. He thinks it's crazy in that the NHL shouldn't have a franchise in Arizona. They need to be there because of the market. Right. Right? But you're basically putting the dressing room in like the hallway at the it is right in the basement of the arena yeah. with curtains so <laughs> so people know it's blocked off but really you can walk right through there into the visiting team's dressing room <laughs> it's crazy 
But I did watch the first game at Mullet Arena. Yeah. And the atmosphere was pretty good. I'll I'll give him that. He's a Yotes fan. I'm not a Yotes fan. (laughs) You know what it reminded me of? Watching Junior B hockey because the cameras were so close to the ice. <laughs> do, 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 do you know how you know, the camera is so close to the ice instead oh, of having the yeah, wide view? For sure. And sometimes fans jump in front of the camera and, and stuff and like stuff. that. Oh, yeah. I yeah. guarantee you they don't have a voice like Brendan Jones at the Bullet <laughs> Arena, though. You're talking about Junior B hockey. The atmosphere was pretty good. I don't know if it's going to be like that for – Home game number 30 on this season. Mm-hmm. But to start the year, it was pretty good. Listen, they need to be there. Whatever they can do to make the franchise work, I'm okay with it. Yes, it's a bit of an embarrassment that the dressing rooms aren't ready for the first four games. But you got a deal. A bit of an embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well have just had them change in their zone. Just just leave your equipment right here. <laughs> we don't have anywhere for you guys. You're just going to have to change here in front of 5,000 people. That It's that kind of embarrassing. This is <laughs> like, you can say whatever it is, and this is all on the NHL because they need this market. Like you said, they yeah. need Arizona to work. But But make it work then. Figure out something else. This is about as bad as like when you see the high school football team that gets dressed at the school and then wears their equipment all the way to the stadium. I was just going to like, say that. That's what they this walk is off the for. bus and equipment. Yeah. yeah. Like the, yeah. how do you how are you able to pull this off at all these different places at the Winter Classic where you're playing in completely different venues in baseball stadiums and you can pull this off better than you can in an actual hockey arena? Mind you, the fact that it's more people in this room than they can fit at the mullet arena while we, we broadcast here. But it's it's ludicrous. I think it's going to be great. I think the visiting teams are going to somehow make this fun for as long as they can. And I don't think that this is really a low-level players are going to complain about it. I'm not going to play. This isn't uh, suitable for me or anything like that. But this is just like – this is upper – this is one of the major four sports in theory – You've got guys getting dressed in in a ballroom, and there's no walls. It's, it's four games. Oh. They can live with it. <laughs> Pierre Luc Dubois said it was the best ice in the league. Yeah, nobody's Arena had yet. the best ice in the league. <laughs> nobody's touched it yet. It'll be fine. I didn't even realize Arizona was playing there. I just saw a bunch of Sun Devil stuff everywhere. <laughs> you know what it reminded me of is when you go to a convention center and it's like the home show. Yes, <laughs> exactly it. Yeah, you might, might as well wheel in some uh, some whirlpools. The guys can get changed in the whirlpool or something like that. Get a good deal on some. Get a good deal on some sheds. You can live with it. Oh, you can four games. Of course, you can live with it. But <laughs> let's be realistic here. Here's the hockey team, and they're selling some if merch. If you're trying to impress a girl and you really, really want her to stay and you know that you, you this, is, this is the one, you ain't taking her to Harvey's eating out of the back of your car. Come on. Yeah, you are. You're going, hey, listen, I'm going to get this raise here soon. Oh, and we're, we're going to go to the keg, baby. You don't even <laughs> take her to the keg. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> The Ottawa Senators are for sale. The Melnick family is looking to sell the franchise, which, according to one report, is worth $655 million. Guys, if you had the money, what would you do with the franchise? 
If I had the money, I sure as shit wouldn't buy the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. (laughs) Rapid fire. It is. is. I forgot we were in rapid fire. We talked a lot about Phil. We talked a lot about that. uh, No, I'm I'm spending my money elsewhere. uh, Or I'm moving it to Quebec City. It's it's not going to stay in Ottawa. Like This is either you have to completely redo this and it has to be downtown, like basically attached to Parliament Hill or get it out of town. Listen, you're moving it to downtown Ottawa. You're not leaving it in Canada. You can't. You can't. You're moving it to downtown Ottawa or a section near downtown Ottawa where you can get foot traffic to come to the arena Mm -hmm. instead of having to drive 45 minutes out. I think the team needs to stay in Ottawa or in Canada for that matter. I'd love to keep it in Ottawa. It is the nation's capital after all. Uh, I just don't think you can have it out in Canada. No, I think it's a bad look for hockey just as much if the NHL does not have a team in the capital right. of Canada. Yeah. I think the way that it's been put together is is terribly wrong in the way that it is in Canada, and that's all we've heard all the time. I suggest maybe you just get like an outdoor Lansbury Park start type arena in, in downtown, and then you can put like just little folding chairs out, and the guys can use that as a locker room for a little bit with and curtains, with cur- well, with yeah, curtains, with of curtains. course, of course, yeah. protecting privacy here. But uh, like six hundred and fifty five million, you got to be able to spend something better on than that like who who's getting into the ottawa senators game at this point and actually wants to keep them there a great question from malcolm in windsor after kevin durant was the latest superstar to buy a pickleball franchise malcolm wants to know if we've played yet and if not would we try it have you played yet rashad have you played the pickleball no i have not out of all the guys i thought you'd be the first yeah (laughs) yeah i could see you as a pickleballer (laughs) my uh my mom loves the pickleball Oh yeah, she loves the pickleball. Yeah, she's she's you know she's actually uh, climbing the ranks. She just lost to Martina Navratilova in uh, <laughs> in a three round barn burner. Oh man! But she's doing uh, no. She loves it. She has a good time with it. You think Steve Nash could coach a pickleball team for KD? I think he could win a championship. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, KD's not going to win one anymore. No, so no, Steve Nash no. Uh I'll try, I'd try it. I haven't played yet. No, I, I haven't tried try it either. But there's some fun. nice courts over there. Yeah, just, they just redid all the all the the courts and all that there. Just a few blocks from us, Rashad, down nice. here in Windsor. We might yeah. have to play. It, it's going to be 20 degrees this week, so we might as well go out and play. Did you close the pool? I did. Damn it! Oh, <laughs> we can play pickleball on the tarp. Oh, okay. <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. All right, this weekend pickleball. Next week, first question of the podcast. Guys, how is pickleball? <laughs> Line it up, John. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And we actually had more than one person request a song from the new Taylor Swift album. I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving. Because you got tired of my scheming. You guys know that she had all 10 spots on the Billboard Hot 100, the top 10 this week? No. She had all 10 spots on the top 10. 
Rashad, really? I don't doubt that because you know everything about music. So, <laughs> And there isn't anything else to listen to these days. <laughs> and this was in the number one spot. It's called Antihero. It's off the new album, Midnight's from Taylor Swift, and it's getting a ton of airplay. So, fellas, for Curtis and Kevin and Lawrence, pump it or dump it. This is where we heard from Curtis. And you mentioned him from the beginning of, yeah. oh, yeah, Curtis said some great stuff about the show. No, he basically said he was going to come after us <laughs> if we didn't play new Taylor Swift music. And and after listening to this, Curtis, you can come and kill me now. <laughs> Make me first, please. Oh, my I, God. I, I hadn't heard it yet. I played it before we recorded here. Manny told me it was about to pick up. We got to the end of the song. Never heard it actually pick up. It sounded a little bit like like 80s Madonna to me, but 80s Madonna is way better than this crap. <laughs> I'm with Matt. I don't like it. I don't like this, and I don't like the new Rihanna either. Like, come on. Tempo. Up tempo. Why is everyone releasing slow music right now? Oh, Listen, Taylor Swift has a few things to say about her relationships. No, and still, and she's released it on this album. This is this is getting a little bit. Uh, you know, there's there's a few comedians that only have a few jokes. We've already heard this joke, Taylor. <laughs> we get it. I just remember it being released on a Thursday. So when I went opened up my computer on a Friday morning, okay, and checked my news feed because that's what I do for work and pull clippings. Yeah. Everything was about Taylor Swift. Wow, everything was everything everything was about Taylor Swift and people loving the album, people thinking this song was great and Uh this song was great. You got to listen to Antihero. Is it getting good reviews like from the the music music folk? Uh, It's getting a ton of reviews. What about that David Geddes, the I'm Good one? I like that song. You like that song? song? Yeah, yeah. We should be playing that one. That's a good song. Pump that one. one Somebody submit that one next week. We're going to do that one. We'll play Pukkaball to it. Over the over the pool, we, you're going to play antihero. You might as well just take the cover off and leave me in there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of another debate. Just let me marinate <laughs> under the. <laughs> maybe, maybe Matt will be here next week. Maybe, maybe Matt will be here next week. <laughs> oh. Well, I hope you like the show. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a Halloween themed ending. It really, it fire. really did get dark. That was not yeah. my intention, but that was a that was a bad song, Curtis. Uh, no overtime needed this time. But you can follow us all week long. We never really go away. I'll find you podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram, and for future considerations on Facebook as well. Hey, are you going to pay eight bucks a month to get a, a blue check mark next to your name? No, no. You're not eight bucks a month. You haven't heard this. Yes, I've your, heard your it, boy, but I'm not paying eight bucks a month. Elon can do yeah, whatever no, he wants. Your boy's making it free media for everybody, but yeah. you just got to give him eight bucks a yeah, month. Free media at eight dollars a month. <laughs> hey, and you get a blue check mark. Oh. Remember when that was like the pinnacle of of anyone's professional yeah. social media right. career is getting a blue check mark? Come on. Now for eight dollars a month, there eight. Rashad spends more on spoke, smokes and booze a day. <laughs> right, eight dollars a month. What I want to know though is it retroactive? Oh. So, so if you have a blue check mark already, yep. 
Are they going to charge you eight bucks a month to keep that blue check mark? Of course they are. They're probably going to give you a, a membership deal where it's uh, they'll they'll tell you, oh, yeah, it's only eight bucks a month or whatever, one hundred and four dollars a year, whatever the exact amount is. If you if you <laughs> sign up for the next ten years, you get a fifty percent <laughs> discount on the next trip to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is rocket into space. Oh yeah, I'll give you I'll give you eight dollars a month or ninety six dollars for the year to uh, to keep the check mark. No way. Uh, we want to thank our other sponsors who are more deserving of your money than Elon is. London Awnings, quality that shows, and our good friend Shane Tampolovic of Next Level Athletics. He's in Windsor. He can get you in shape. Through sport training, through nutrition training, give them a call. And don't forget, if you have any questions for an upcoming debate, send us an email for futureconsiderations at gmail.com. We read them all. We answer the intelligent one while we answer the unintelligent ones too. Because, <laughs> yeah. You know. It's yeah, we've got a we've got a stock built out answer that we yeah, respond yeah. to everybody with, right? <laughs> Rashad just cuts and pastes yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for thanks so much for replying. Yeah. Thanks for your question. We will ask Matt and Manny soon. What's that email again? <laughs> for future considerations at gmail.com. Write that down. Hey, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on the next edition of Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their MO for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.